Before we get into the episode, head on over to RighteousFelon.com for all your favorite beef jerky flavors. I'd recommend starting off with the whole shebang craft jerky gift bundle. The jerky is smoky and savory, spicy and sweet. All of your favorites, all in one variety pack. Use promo code OCSN, all lowercase, to get 15% off at checkout. Don't miss this great opportunity. Go to RighteousFelon.com today. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I am your host, Joey DiMeglio, and the Rangers have started the Patrick Kane era 0-2 and head on the road for three games this week against the Canadians, Sabres, and Penguins. But more importantly, I have a special guest with me for this week's episode, Joining me today is Rangers beat reporter Colin Stevenson from Newsday. Thanks so much for joining me, Colin. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm in uh, Montreal, one of my favorite cities. Um, it's it's uh, And the weather's actually not bad. It's nice. It's, uh, it's above freezing, so that's good. Anytime you're in Montreal, it's above freezing. It's a good time. So uh, it's good. We've had a, we had a couple of days off here, a couple uh-huh. of short break. It's weird. This, this, the, um, the, the schedule is sort of these three games and four nights followed by these mini breaks, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like a hectic period and then a mini break. And so we're, uh, you know, we just come out of a little mini break and now we're going into three and four nights. So, yeah, the, the Rangers have, it's been no shortage of that sort of stretch of games. I think it, what was it? Like, was it 10 games in 18 days that they had to play? I, yeah, those I, guess, I guess, I don't know, but it, it's, it, you know, it really depends on, on where you are in it because, uh-huh. You remember the, the last time they were playing, they were in this whole, you mentioned Patrick Kane. I mean, they were in that whole mess with the whole, you know, he's coming and we got to do all these gymnastics and we got to have guys on the bench that can't take a shift and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, finally they had, you know, and then they get a little bit of a break. They had a couple of days of practice the last two days and, and we'll see what uh, we'll see what comes out of a couple of days of practice tomorrow. Yeah, those guys must have been exhausted especially the defenders like playing shorthanded. And I know some games they had four defensemen, like the one game against the Kings. Yeah. We just go four defensemen. They played five defensemen for a few games. Like they must've been gassed right in the the locker room afterwards. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's funny. I think that they, first of all, they all understood what was up, right? It's not like it took them by surprise. They knew what was happening. They knew why it was happening, and they understood that they had a job to do, and and they did it for the most part. Um, there was a, the only time I I felt like they looked really tired was in the second period against Philadelphia, which interestingly yeah. enough was, you know, I mean you're playing the Flyers, and the Flyers are bad, and you're losing to the Flyers, which you know shouldn't happen under any circumstances. Um, and that second period, they were just awful. And then in the third period, they, you know, they kind of picked up, you know, I'm sure somebody said some harsh words in the in the locker room in intermission, and they picked it up, and they ended up winning the game, which is what they should do. Um, and then the next day, they had Patrick Kane. But, uh, yeah, playing with five D-men for as long as they have, you know, as you, you mentioned, they had – so they had six in Washington. Actually, in Washington, they had seven, right, because they, they – you know, they had started doing the whole, you know, That's when they got, scratch out and sit out, craft soft and uh, decision. And, yeah. and they were playing 11 and seven that game. And then uh, Lindgren gets hurt. So they finished up 11 and six. They had a game the next day in the garden against uh, the Kings, as you mentioned. And so Lindgren was injured. And so they were dressing six, but again, for the cap thing, just to refresh people's memory, um, they were going to have to do some shenanigans in order to create cap room. And so one of the things that they had to do was they had to assign Braden Schneider to the minor leagues for two days. And you can't send a player to the minor leagues if he's hurt. So then they couldn't take a chance that he might get hurt in the game on Sunday. So they, they dressed him, but they didn't play him. He didn't play a shift. Um, so they had six dressed, but they were playing with five. And then Keandre gets kicked out. So they finished with four. Um, you know, and then then the next uh, on Wednesday, yeah, then they make the trade for Patrick Kane on late Tuesday. And Wednesday they were able to actually play Schneider because they were able to recall him. 
and play him. So then they had five, but it still was five that Wednesday against Philly, and it was five the next night uh, against Ottawa, and it was five on on Saturday against Boston. Um, those are the three games that Miller was suspended for. And now, you know, now things are kind of back to, uh, you know, back to a place where, you know, you know, is a, is a much better place because Miller is going to be coming back. His suspension is over. Um, I didn't go to practice today, but from what I understand, uh, Ryan Lindgren practiced in a, in a non-contact jersey. So if he doesn't play against Montreal on Thursday, um, I you know, he might play Saturday in Buffalo. So, you know, he's almost back. But they should at least have six defensemen dressed one way or the other against Montreal. And, in fact, they may have – well, no, they won't have – no, they wouldn't have seven. They they have 12 forwards. So um, they would still have six, six D-men dressed against Montreal. So whether it's – whether the sixth guy in this case would be Lindgren or Ben Harper, at least they'll have six. They'll have three pairs. Right. Yes. Harper would, would, would be the one that, that probably gets slotted out. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of moving parts over the past couple of weeks. Uh, I saw the, the text message that I heard about the text message from Ryan Carpenter that <laughs> you better be worth it. I thought that was hilarious. Yes. yes. <laughs> quite, quite the introduction to the Rangers if you're Patrick Kane. <laughs> <laughs> you get the text from some guy you don't know, right? It's just like, I got to do this, man. You better be worth it. Um, <laughs> He's, you know, I, I, he's a, I like him. I like this, this Patrick King guy. I mean, he seems to be fairly down to earth. Uh, you know, my, my first impressions, obviously I've, I've only been around him a couple of days, um, mm-hmm. but uh, he seems to be pretty down to earth and, you know, he gets it. He understands, you know, what the team, you know, did in order to bring him here. Obviously he was in a position where, you know, he wanted to play for the Rangers and he really didn't want to go anywhere else. And, you know, when that happened, then everybody was committed to, to moving him from Chicago to the Rangers. You know, they had to do some crazy stuff. And, you know, I think he appreciates it. And, you know, I, I think, you know, he's he admitted to like his first couple of games, maybe he was deferring a little bit too much and, you know, trying not to step on people's toes. And, you know, maybe he was overpassing and, you know, and, and that all of that is natural. But he's had a couple practices with the team now. And, and you know, we should see the real Patrick Kane. Uh, very soon. Yeah, and I think that it's a lot of the human aspect of, of, you know, the player coming over in the trade. We were talking, a lot of people were saying, like, around a couple days or a week before the trade deadline, the Rangers weren't looking like how they had played for the majority of the season, at least from the December to up until a couple of weeks ago, that stretch of games, they weren't looking the same, possibly because of the stress of the trade deadline. Now you add Patrick Kane. And, you know, he's not – he hasn't scored a goal or had a point yet in the first two games of the Rangers. And, you know, it kind of seems like the sky is falling, at least on Twitter or on social media. But, I mean, like, yeah. The, yeah. the human aspect of it, uh, of it too, like, uh, I got to I gotta combine this with, with, with one of my questions. Like, you're, you're essentially the, the resident good luck charm for the Rangers. Every time well, you, look- you know, that's, that's – I think my good luck is running out now because I've been talking to Phil Heedle every day and he's not scoring. So like, oh, it's not okay. Anymore. So, okay. Um, you know, I'll try him again tomorrow morning at the, at the morning skate if he's, uh, you know, um, and see, see if that helps, but no, no, I, you know, I have some fun with that. I mean, that, that actually, that story goes back a few years ago. Um, there was one day I walked into the locker room and, you know, after practice, this is pre COVID um, when we had locker room access before it got shut down, we have it again, but, um, but in those days you walked in and, and, you know, you have a vague idea of if this guy's there, I'm going to talk to him, but you never know. I mean, a guy, sometimes a guy's got something to, to rush off to, and, you know, maybe he's not there or he doesn't have time to talk or whatever. So you always go in with kind of like a plan. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to write this guy today. And I went into the locker room that one day, and I don't think I had a real plan. And and Pavel Buchnevich was there, just sitting there by himself. Uh, and I said, well, let me go say hello to Pavel. And I just kind of went up to him and I said, hey, Pav, how, how's it going? And he said, terrible. You know, and he hadn't scored a goal in, I don't know, eight games, 14 games, whatever. It was. He hadn't scored a goal in a long time. So, And I wasn't even aware of that. I mean, I wasn't going up to him saying, hey, you haven't scored a goal in 10 games, whatever it was. I just was saying hi. 
and he went off about how, you know, he was down and blah, blah, blah. So I wrote a story about him not scoring a goal for X number of games. And lo and behold, the next game he scored a goal. So I was like, you know, yeah, this is my thing. You know, I'm, I made it happen for him. And then the next day I spoke to Phil uh, Heedle, and he scored a goal. So then that became like my thing. It's, it became my running joke where, you know, I, I talked to these guys and they score. And then so so <laughs> when uh, when they made the trade for uh, for uh, Tarasenko and, and, and Nico McCullough, uh, you know, went up to uh, we spoke to them. It was a morning skate and, and uh, spoke to McCullough. And I said, you know, I got this thing going on. You talk to me and you have a good chance of scoring a goal. I don't know if you remember that night, you know, the Rangers yeah. goal and it was credited to him, which I didn't see. I thought I thought for sure that Panarin had deflected it in. But, I did too. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> but, uh, but initially it was credited to McCullough and then, you know, whatever, eventually it got fixed and he got got given to. But I, I, I saw McCullough the next day. I'm like, hey, man, I almost made it happen for you. You know, and he, was, he was laughing. So we have a good we have some fun with that. But, yeah, no, I think my luck's run out for now. Yeah, no, hockey players are very superstitious, especially come playoff time. I know as a fan, I definitely am superstitious. Like if, <laughs> if the Rangers are doing well in one, and I'm sitting in one particular spot, I am not moving a muscle for the rest of that night until yeah, something yeah. bad happens. But like, are you, are there? Do you know of like any other superstitions in the locker room, or are you superstitious yourself? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not superstitious at all. I mean, I have fun with that thing, but but uh, no, I'm not. I'm not, and I. I don't see too many guys. They're not open with their superstitions, and I, you know, I suppose I could ask some guys if they if they have them. But I don't. I think probably most of them don't want to don't want to talk about it. So you know, unless you unless you get a guy to talk about some other guy's superstitions, I mean, I you know, it's it's it'd be you know, it's just not worth the effort. I you know, I haven't found to to go and, and dig dig that up and see who's who's super superstitious, but. Um, it is good back to be, you know, you know, getting back into the locker room after the last couple of years not being in there. Um, and uh, you get to see these guys and, and see who's cool and uh, who's approachable and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, they have a pretty friendly team. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun watching them grow and watching them get good. Um, you know, as you and I discussed before we started this, you know, I started covering this team in February of 2018, about – two weeks or three weeks after the letter. Um, in fact, my first day on the team was the day after that trade deadline. So they, you know, uh, they had traded away at the deadline. They had traded away Ryan McDonough, JT Miller, and, uh, and all that. So, I mean, it was really a stripped down version of the team that I got. So the way I look at it is, you know, I, I kind of got to see the, the rebuild from the bottom up. You know, I mean, I, I got to see them you know, stripped down all the way to the bottom and then they hired David Quinn and all that. And so I, I kind of got to see them build it up from the bottom. So that's kind of cool. So you actually entered that locker room, you know, at almost pretty much like the lowest points of Zibanejad and Kreider's career. Like you're going in there and, you know, I read Vince's story about it and how the feel, the feeling after all those trades that, that transpired. And it's like, you're going in, you know, starting a new job, all happy. And it's like, they're, they're on the other side of yeah. that, that rebuild. So that's a kind of an interesting dynamic. And it's crazy. I'm sure in your eyes, like you're there, you know, every every day or, you know, however often you're there to, to talk to the players. And, you know, the feeling is completely changed now. This is the playoff team now. And they're no longer at, at the bottom of the standings. Like the, the roster is, is well established now. The players, we know who's on the team. Whereas back then it was like, you know, what just happened? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the interesting thing when you, know, you mentioned Kreider and Zibanejad, I mean, really it was Lundqvist. It was, was the guy. Yeah, that that too. The, I forgot you know, about that, yes. Uh, you know, it, and it came out that they had, you know, they had gone to him out of respect and, you know, and, and said and told him, look, this is what we're doing. And and if you want us to trade you, we, we can trade, we, you know, we can trade you. We can try and trade you if you don't want to go through this with us. And and he he said no, you know he, he would stay, and he and he stuck around, and um, but but I was there too, like, and it wasn't the, that was that might have been the the worst point. I mean, you may look at it because so many guys left, but it wasn't done right because the next year they yeah, still yeah. had to they still had to trade Zuccarello, um, which made Lundquist cry, 
<laughs> you know, I mean, let's just call it what it is. I mean, I won't take choked up or any kind of euphemism, but he, but he was crying. Um, and then they also traded Kevin Hayes, uh, who was a good guy and who was having a great year. And yeah, and there was some right. debate. I, re- I remember the Zuccarello we knew was gone. There was no way they were going to keep him. Um, but Hayes, you know, with his age at the time and what he was doing, um, and, and the, the, the knowledge that, okay, you're going to need a second-line center. Um, you know, there was some debate as to whether or not they should they should keep Kevin Hayes. And uh, and ultimately, they didn't. You know, they, they, they traded him to Winnipeg and, uh, you know, the rest. You know, they got ultimately got Truba out of that deal. So, you know, not right away. But, you know, they, they traded him. They traded Hayes and they got Brendan uh, Lemieux and, and a first-round pick, which they later sent back to Winnipeg. Right with Neil Pionk to get, you know, Truba. So mm-hmm. um, it ended up being, you know, part one of that deal. And then part two was where Truba came. So anyway, so they, they, they made that choice. But yeah, no, so the, the, you know, the trade deadline of 2018 was, you know, was rough, um, but it wasn't the end of it. <laughs> you know, it still had oh, a yeah, absolutely. It's not, and it, and it was, it was, it was pretty rough because I remember, you know, I like Kevin Hayes. He was, he's a good guy. He was funny. Uh, he was approachable, and we all knew what the situation was. Um, whereas Zuccarello, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, he, we knew with him too, but he just didn't take it as well. Like he was a little bit more prickly and stuff. But Hayes, you know, Hayes had this sort of gallows humor where you could go up to him and joke about it, and you know, it was what it was. So I, you know, I, 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 uh, I won't forget those days. What about the year following? That was the year Kreider, there was a lot of talk of him, you know, yeah. maybe staying, maybe going. Yeah. And then of course there was the 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 car the accident that happened on the and that was quickly followed by the announcement that you know COVID was shutting down the seasons. But yeah. that must have yeah. been a crazy time for you. That was you know what? That was a crazy time. It was it was it was an exciting season because we didn't know what to expect. We knew Kreider was the Kreider and Jesper Foss were the two guys who were you know, in the crosshairs at that point. Um, and we had a sense that, you know, Kreider was the number one trade target. It was, it was going to be the number one rental. But we had a sense that they might keep him, you know, if uh, if he was willing to kind of play ball with them and take whatever salary. Um, and then and so that's what happened. And actually, I think he was one of the first guys, I, you know, I, I can't say this, maybe I shouldn't say this, but – he got really, really sick right around the. He got he he got signed. He signed a deal just before the trade deadline, or around the same time as the trade deadline, and he was really, really, really sick. And this was in February, remember? So this was when COVID was really starting to become a thing. So I don't know. They never said that he had COVID, but he got really, really sick, as I recall, and couldn't play in a game. And then he was playing in a game, and he was just not himself. Um, and then, but that was the year too. Foot? Was that? that? Didn't he block it? He, the puck hit his skate or something, and and something happened with his foot shortly. That after was this. later, yeah. That was later, um, and he was so yeah. When the when the season shut down, I think he wasn't in the lineup. He was about to come back, and um, and uh, but you remember Mika? <laughs> Mika went nuts. Mika, oh, Mika, Mika had like forty goals that year. He had the one game against Washington. We had like yeah. four or five goals or something. Yeah, but that was a fun year, and I think you know if, if look if. COVID was COVID, right? And COVID stopped the season um, in March. Uh, but, I mean, if, if they'd have played 82 games that year, I think the Rangers probably would have made the playoffs that year, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as it was, they made that, you know, COVID uh, bubble playoffs um, or postseason, as you want to call it. Um, and then and then the next year, you know, 56 games – I don't, I don't know. That was that was just weird. Yeah, that one must that one must have been rather difficult for you for you guys, uh, you and all the other reporters, Molly and Vince. Uh, that I can't imagine that you're not really. It's hard to, to kind of like a lot of Zoom calls. I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's how it, it worked. It was Zoom. Uh, everything was on Zoom. Even when you went to the building, you were allowed to go to the home games and. I think we weren't allowed to travel, at least in the beginning. Uh, or those, well, some some teams did send guys on the road, but it, it was your benefit of doing that 
you weren't going to get in to watch them practice. You weren't going to get in to watch the morning skate. You weren't going to be able to interview them. Everything was on Zoom. You had to be request a guy, get him on Zoom. So, And you could do that from your own home. So it really almost made no sense to go to the city. You weren't getting anything in the city that you weren't going to get from home. So, And then there was even a debate, like, do I even need to go to the garden? Because, you know, you, you, you go to the garden and, yes, you know, I mean, the one difference is you, you do get to watch the game from the press box so you can see some stuff that maybe you might not see, um, you know, on TV. But, you know, is, is that really worth it? And, you know, it was, it was uh, so it was just a weird, weird thing. And, you know, there was no vaccine yet. And, you know, we were all nervous and, you know, it was, it was a different time. But, you know, I think we're back to, I want to say back to normal just yet. I don't know if I could say that, but, you know, things seem to be running along pretty smoothly. Um, you know, the only other thing is the salary cap didn't go up by as much as people would expect it because of yeah. all the lost and stuff. So, you know, that's kind of a lingering effect now is, is teams are, you know, it's a hard cap and teams, teams got to figure out, you know, how they can structure their roster and, and do crazy things like, you know, make three-way deals and, you know, send guys down to the minors on paper for two days so you can fit in Patrick Kane at the deadline and all that kind of stuff. Lots of conversations with the hockey stat miner about that one on Twitter for sure. On the, yeah, on the no, that, was, that was creative though, right? I mean, that yeah. was, uh, you know, it gave us something to write about for a few days. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's I like that now you guys are back to a point where you could go to the practice and, you know, as a journalist, you need to – pump out content too and we're i'll speak for myself but i know a lot of other fans love all the videos like the even the short little clips at practice because yeah that we they don't broadcast the practices like they don't do any of that during like even during the off season like training camp i know some people were clamoring to have that as an option i don't know if that would be a, a a relatively good thing but you know more Rangers content, the better, is what we like to say. <laughs> no, the interesting thing, the best thing about it, well, yes, that you know, you know, we do get to video stuff. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's where that balance between you know observing and then recording, right? Or you see something, and by the time you start recording, it's gone. You know, you see yeah. something happening. Um, so as opposed to like if I was a, a videographer or something, you're always looking through the camera, and then you just catch everything. But um, so, you know, that's interesting, but the, I think the biggest benefit to the, to the fans is that you don't get the same story from everybody, right? Cause in the, in the zoom days or the press conference days, we all had access to the same people every day. So, you know, they would choose, the team would choose, or sometimes we would, you know, be able to request, but ultimately we were getting two or three guys and we were all, we all had the same access to the same guys and so now what happens is on a practice day you know i'll i'll go talk to one guy and vince might talk to somebody else and molly will talk to somebody else and you'll get three different stories um you know and arthur staple will talk to somebody else you'll get four different stories so you know um so i think that's good i mean you know you talk about more content you know that's more content as opposed to you know four versions of the same story Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you guys definitely like at practice. You'll you'll pick up on on different things. Like, uh, you know, Brooks was talking about the power play. He wrote about that. You know, you you might be seeing something with the the five on five lines, or you know how you know there's a you were calling it out before the um, the overpassing kind of thing with what Glant was calling out. Um, yeah, and and on the note of practice, I mean, I might as well shift into a conversation. It's like what you saw. Uh, today's Wednesday, so yesterday on Tuesday, um, the five-on-five five lines stayed the same, right? The the Kreider, Zibanejad, Tarasenko, and then Panarin, Trocek, and Patrick Kane are still right, together, right? right? And yep. it's, the only change is Brodzinski in on the fourth line. Right, right, yeah. right. And that was only because Mott was skating, but he was in a non-contact Not jersey. I, I didn't go to practice today because I, I was traveling to Montreal, but from what I understand, uh, Mott uh, practice today in a regular jersey, in a red jersey, in the, in the fourth line jersey. So, um, you know, I, if if he came through that practice all right, there's a chance that he could play Thursday in Montreal. So that would be uh, that would be interesting. But yes, no. So what you're getting at is obviously he kept the he kept the lines, the five on five lines together, but he really he really did some radical 
changing of the of the power play yeah. and, he, and he broke up power play one and you know and which is weird like that, that since i've been here power play one's been you know basically the same it's been mika it's been Kreider. um well actually before panarin got here this you know it was mika Kreider, buchnevich um and then tony d'angelo was the power yeah. play point guy at that point um and then strom was in there right so um and then at some point panarin came and essentially replaced buchnevich and then at some point fox sort of replaced tony d'angelo but that's that's power play one's basically been together the whole time um as a group and then this year uh trocek came and replaced strom but it was still, you know, Kreider and Mika and Panarin and Fox with Trocek coming in there for Strom. And now, you know, when you get Patrick Kane and you get Tarasenko, it's like, okay, what are we going to do with these two guys, right? Obviously, they both have to play on the power play. Um, and before, you, when you had Tarasenko, but you hadn't had Kane, you know, it looked like Tarasenko literally that came against Philadelphia. He had a goal and two assists. And it looked like he was really starting to click with Kreider and Mika. Um, and then the next day you bring in Patrick Kane and you put Patrick Kane in that spot. And then, you, you know, you put Tarasenko down to the, to the second power play, which bounces one of the kids. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, that first game, it was Lafreniere that got bounced. These last, you know, the second game, it was Kako that got bounced. And now based on the, you know, what, they did a practice on Tuesday. You know, he's broken up power play one. You got Kreider and Mika and Tarasenko. Um, and then he's put Phil Heedle on that group. Uh, and as of Tuesday, he had uh, Truba there. I don't know if that might be Keandre at some point. And then the other group was, you know, Kane and Panarin have to stay together. And then they also get to play with their line mate, their five on five line mate, which is Trocek. Um, and then they have Fox. So, um, you know, and, and uh, Lafreniere is the, is the mm -hmm. fifth guy. So Kako is out. And as of Tuesday, Keandre was out, but, you know, it's either Keandre or Truba. So we'll see how they line up on, on, on Thursday, but breaking up power play one and having two sort of more balanced power plays is, is an interesting look. That was a, a conversation that, the, that we've had like earlier on in the season, it's Gallant was saying, you know, power play one is too good. They have too many good players on there. We can't break them up. Now, like you said, uh, Tarasenko and Kane, where are you going to put well, them? Two I, good players. I mean, you know, you right. can't, you can't fit all there's only, you know, you can only fit five guys on power play one and, you know, one of them has to yeah. be a defenseman. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, you just had too many good players. And, and so I think it allows him to have, you know, a uh, power play one and power play one a versus power play one and power play two. And, and I, I'm aware that Panarin, the idea was that Panarin on the left circle and Zibanejad also on the left circle, because when they put Panarin and Zibanejad out there with Kane, it was like almost too much awesome. They had advantage had in the slot instead. So um, my question is like, where does where does Heedle play on like one of those units? Or, or what part of the ice does he play on? And also the same thing with Lafreniere. Are they in the slot or are so, they at net front? Yeah, uh, Lafreniere is net front on that group. Okay. With uh, Trocek is in the slot, um, and Panarin and Kane are in the two circles. So the uh, for the other group. Um, Zabanjad moves back to the left circle. Uh, Tarasenko's in the right circle. Uh, and Kreider's net front. So that means Heedle's in the slot. Um, Heedle's in the slot, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, I don't know if you remember when before Panarin came, um, Mika was hanging out in the left circle. Uh, and then Buchnevich was in the right circle. And Strom was in the slot. And then when Panarin came, uh, he replaced Buchnevich, but his, he, you know, they put him in the left circle. They moved Strom to the right circle, and they put uh, Mika in the slot, that bumper spot they call it. Mm -hmm. um, and so they did that for a while, 
And we, you know, at the time we were like, well, Mika's the left circle guy. I mean, he takes those one timers and, you know, you move him, but that's what they did initially. And then eventually um, at some point they moved Panarin from the left circle to the right circle and they moved um, Strom from the right circle into the slot and moved Mika back to the left circle. Um, that, that was the recipe and, for success. Yeah, that's, that's what they, you know, that's kind of the lineup that they had for the last X number of years. Yeah. The, that that was the one. So now seeing that that all change, it's like really the first time, and you know, what, yeah, like, number of years, right? It's been years since because, like, because I mean, you you would say, okay, yeah, Strom was replaced by Trocheck, but really, it's just a substitution, like just the one player, you know? Yeah, you call yeah. The biggest, the biggest, the biggest change was when they added Panarin, right? Yeah, yeah. Because when they added Panarin to the group, <clears throat> you know, the whole thing is. They didn't have a lefty in that right wing circle. So you couldn't take one timers from that side of the ice. You, had, you know, you had Mika, who was a right handed shot in the left circle. He- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You could take one timers from there. Um, and then initially you had Buchnevich and you know it was a left-handed shot in the right circle. And then at some point they they decided, you know what, enough with this, we can't be worried about left, left shot, right shot stuff. We're gonna put our best five guys on the ice. And so um Strom replaced Buchnevich, and Strom went in the right circle, even though Strom was a right-handed shot. So Strom was not a shooting option from the right circle. He was a passing option. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at some point, Strom and, you know, as I said, Strom went to the slot. Panarin went to the right circle. Mika went back to the left circle. So you still then don't have a shooter in the right circle. Well, now with 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 Kane, both Kane and Tarasenko, who are both left-handed shots, they yeah, both you. give you that left-handed shot in the right circle that can be a shooter Mm -hmm. um and so uh but (laughs) as people have pointed out if you have kane kane's a passer by nature i was just gonna say yeah panarin is a passer by nature so you have kane in the right circle as a passer panarin in the left circle as a passer so you have instead of having shooters in in the two circles you have passers in the two circles so i again you know, Kane and, and Panarin work beautifully together, and we'll we'll have to see. You know, that is that's you know we're experimenting here still, and 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 we'll have to see how that works. Like I I see I've seen people say, oh, they put Glant put all the shooters on one line, all the yeah. passers on one the other line. They could all shoot. I know they could all shoot. They like, all it's shoot. just is it all just a is it all just a collective message from Glant? Like all of you guys, start shooting the puck, start shooting the puck, stop well, passing it. Every coach ever wants his guys to shoot the puck. I mean, Galat's not the first Rangers coach that I've covered that, yeah. that complains that they don't shoot the puck enough. You know, David Quinn used to complain about that all the time. Um, the Rangers, and particularly with Panarin, Panarin likes to play east-west, and he likes to make clever passes and stuff. Mika will shoot it. Kreider will obviously shoot it. 
Um, Tarasenko will obviously shoot it. But Kane and Panarin do like to go east-west, and they yeah. do like to make passes. Um, and I do think that they, you know, in the first two games, we've seen that those two guys, and they know each other. Obviously, Kane doesn't know anybody else. Um, but they've they've had a couple of instances where, you know, one's made a, a clever pass to the other. Um, you know, so I think that, you know, their chemistry is, is worth it. But it's just – yeah, you, you know, with with two playmakers in the circles, you know, then then Trocek's gonna have to be the shooter, you know, from the slot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, well, you know, and and Gallant said that Panarin can play anywhere. So I, you know, I I don't know I, why wouldn't you put Trocek in this? I I don't know, I don't know. But you know, if you look at the other unit, Mika will shoot from the left circle. Tarasenko will shoot from the yeah. right circle. Kreider obviously will, you know, shoot from the net front. Um, you know, and 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 Hedl likes to shoot. So, you know, you do have, and then you know, depending on who the point man is, you know, Keandre is more of a passer as a point man, but Truba is all a shooter. So yeah. yes, I can see it. You know, you have Truba shooting, you have Mika shooting, you have Tarasenko shooting. You have Phil shooting, and of course, Kreider is at the net front. So yes, you do have essentially five shooters on that unit. Did any of the players call out the overpassing? I know Kane did, but Kane. anybody? Yeah, I mean, we haven't spoken to, to uh, Panarin lately. I think we spoke to him after the first game. Uh, we haven't spoken to him since. The way you know, not a complaint. I'm not complaining, but a lot of times after road games. Um, or after games in general, you don't have access to anybody you want. I mean, you can ask for a guy, but if he's in the shower or if it's too late, it doesn't necessarily work. But you walk into the room and you kind of – there's like three guys there or maybe two guys there, and so we all kind of just get the same guys after a game. Sometimes you ask for a guy and they might bring him in if he's available, but sometimes he's not. So it, it, guys aren't always available after a game. You know, um, and we haven't seen, you know, we saw Panarin after the first game, first Kane game, that Ottawa game, because, you know, he wanted to talk about his buddy, Patrick Kane. But we didn't see him after, you know, after Boston. So I, I don't know, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, if he was going to call out. And, and I didn't see him yesterday at practice. So, you know, I, you know, you don't need everybody to call out overpassing. <clears throat> I mean, I think Kane, Kane admitting it, is enough. I mean, we all saw it. Also, the coach too. Well, the coach, yeah. The coach is going to call that out. Yeah, yeah. The east-west, the east-west passing too, and um, I noticed the defensive coverage has been a bit iffy too over the past couple of games. I know they're shorthanded, but yeah, I, I think I I saw someone. I saw one of you guys called out. Um, I think Gallant called it out, but I don't remember exactly what he say said. But I mean, did he did he say anything about D zone coverage, like defensive? It seems like there's was, a, been a yes, lot of turnovers. He yes, so there's the turnovers have been an issue, and you know I, I think you know, one of the things that Panarin said when when Kane first got here was that he and he and Kane think the same way. <clears throat> they think the game the same way, and and the way they think is they really try to be creative and they really try uh, to take chances. Essentially, so they're they're high risk players, but they're you know the risk reward the reward is is big, so you kind of live with that. Um, but yeah, you know they're going to turn the puck over, and they're, you know I mean it's going to put their defense and it's going to put their goalie uh, under pressure at times. Uh, and and the you know the reward is sometimes they're going to make beautiful plays and it's going to get goals for you. So they're both going to put pressure on the defense because they're you know they're going to turn the puck over. Um, and I don't think either one of them is going to be all that strong and racing back to back check. Right. Um, so it's, it's more of a high risk thing when those two guys are on the ice at the same time. Um, and as, as we mentioned, <clears throat> they're both, they're both looking to make plays. So you need a shooter on the line. So if Trocek's going to be the shooter and these two guys are going to try and make plays, then it's going to be hard for Trocek to get back too. So <clears throat> they're going to put the team in, in, compromising positions at times, but the idea is more often than not, they're going to create something positive um, that'll be worth it. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's going to be an issue. And we will see, 
you know, the last, as we pointed out, the last three games at least, they only had five defensemen dressed. So now that they'll, they're going to have six and they're not going to be rotating five, they're going to have three set pairs. It'll be easier from a matchup standpoint to get, you know, uh, Fox and Lindgren out against uh, whatever line you want them out against and, and then Keandre and, and, and Truba out against whatever line you want them out against. You know, we'll see if that makes a difference. And then you need the goalie to make some saves, right? I mean, we've, we've gone this far from, without mentioning the goalie, but, you know, if you're going to play a style that's going to be somewhat high risk and is going to lead to some odd man breaks, you're going to need your goalie to make some saves. Yeah, I know he was – I know Shesterkin was having – know a bit of a rough go a bit at least over the past couple of weeks but i mean he's looked a little bit better and i know he's he he was there was a lot of conversation about you know why doesn't he talk to the media and, and whatnot it's you know i'm sure do you you guys you don't have a problem with it if he doesn't want to like talk i mean it's just he, he knows that he's he's played a bit he's played not up to his standards right and he's addressed it before is that like uh you know do you think it's it's any more of a concern than what we actually think it is? Well, so it's a free country, and if he doesn't want to talk, uh, obviously he doesn't okay. have to talk. Um, but in having said that, uh, there's a certain amount of accountability that you know you'd like to see him show. So, and I think I don't want to say we were spoiled by Henrik Lundqvist, but in the days prior to Shesterkin, which is Lundqvist, and, and you, the starting goalie always spoke after a game, always. Win, lose, draw, shootout, whatever. We always got the starting goalie after a game. And Lundqvist was brilliant, right? He, he, he was able to break the game down and explain things to you. And, and a lot of times your notebook would be already full from talking to everybody else, and then you would get Lundqvist, and he would just be better than everybody else. Hmm. So – you know, the guy was accountable, and if he didn't play well, he would own up to it. And he could also – he would also call people out if they didn't play well. You know, you know, we gave up too many rebounds or we didn't have enough uh, quality looks at their net or whatever because, you know. Um, so, you know, being there after the game and being able, accountable to say, yeah, I should have had that one um, is something that we sort of expect. And so if Igor is not going to be there after a game to say, yeah, that was my bad or whatever, then, you know, that's something that's kind of letting him off the hook a little bit. But, yes, you are correct. I mean, there, you know, the, notably that the game against New Jersey way back in November, I guess it was, or maybe it was, <clears throat> I think it was last, it was like November 30th or something like that. When he, you know, we asked for him and he, and he came back into the room and he said what he said, which was, you know, I'm ashamed of the way I'm playing. Like that was taking accountability for the way he was playing. And I think his game picked up after after he said that. Mm -hmm. uh, and they shortly thereafter went on the long run. There was other stuff that happened. True, but, you know, fought the two times and threw his helmet. And that's kind of what we do. But, but, you know, I, I really kind of look at it from that was the night when Chesterkin came in and told us, you know, he was ashamed of the way he was playing. So I do think that, you know, there's a certain amount of responsibility to be accountable to the teammates and to the fans if you're playing, you know, not so well. And, uh, you know, but the, but from a practical standpoint, he doesn't handle the language as well as Lundquist did, right? I mean, he speaks English well enough to communicate, um, but it's kind of, he's not able to break down things the way Lundquist could like, you know, he'll just say simple stuff like, Oh, the guys blocked a lot of shots for me or, or whatever. And so, yeah, you can talk to him, but a lot of times you talk to him and don't end up quoting him because the quote's not that interesting. Mm -hmm. So there's, that's kind of the, um, the balance that we're trying to strike as, as media in the post game. Like, is it worth waiting for this guy? Because he may not be all that interesting, um, but on the other hand, if you don't, you know, just let him not talk, then he's not, you know, you're not holding him to account. So that's 
you know, we're all, most of us are on tight deadline after a game and, you know, talking to a guy that's not going to help your story oftentimes is, is not the way you want to go. But again, if he doesn't talk after four or five straight games, you know, like, is that good? I, I don't know that it is. Yeah. I, I completely, under, I completely understand what you're saying. I mean, it's been it was a rough go, but like, have you seen some sort of a? If it's, uh, oh yeah, definitely. I have. I think in his he's game. In his game, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I think he's been better. Um, he struggled. Was it the one where he gave up like four goals in and like Washington? In maybe. Um, so I think Washington was weird. Um, no, I'm going back to the West Western Canada trip. Ah, uh, yeah, that's where yeah. he was. That's where yes. he really, you know, kind of didn't look great and he was giving up a lot of goals and you know at that time they were winning games six four like he'd give up four goals and they'd win six four or something like that and we were like well okay you're scoring all these goals but you're still giving up four goals and igor is still giving up four goals and, and so that's i think where you know where we started to sort of look at it and notice it like you know since the all-star break this guy hasn't been the same but i do think that since he spoke to us he's played better now, he's played better, but at the same time, they've played two men short. They've played one defenseman short, uh, and they're still giving up goals, and they're playing high-risk hockey with with the guy, Patrick Kane, that, you know, hadn't had a practice. with. I mean, like, he showed up, didn't even have a morning skate. You know, he just kind of showed up on the ice with these guys. You know, he knows one guy, right? So, you know, he's looked at some video of what they do and things like that. He's talked with the coaches, but he hadn't been on the ice with the guys. And then there was no morning skate because it was the second game of back-to-back. There was no morning skate against Boston because it was a one o'clock game. So, he, you know, and there was no practice on Friday because it was the day after a back-to-back. So, you know, he played his first two games without having practice with the team. And so, again, high-risk player, there's some turnovers and – you know, I, I can't look at any goal that Igor gave up in the last couple of starts and say, yeah, he should have had that one. But, you know, with goalies, it's always, yeah, I can't fault them for any of the goals. But at the same time, if you give up X number of goals on Y number of shots, you know, you got to do a little bit better. So, yeah, I think he's looked better. Uh, and then now we need to see the results get better. How does that, does that make sense? That's the ice cold take of the week. There you go. I like it name of the show <laughs> uh we, we we like to we like to do that in the show but yeah there's certainly certainly um i think a lot of times the rangers have left them left them out to dry yeah, especially in that Washington that washington game there was a lot of odd man rushes i yeah the I washington game, they were bad they were bad in washington it was just a horrible horrible game yeah. it was a weird game too because you know like what was happening on the ice we knew was less important than the whole okay they're gonna have to trade crafts off now and they're gonna have to move this guy and you know all of that crazy stuff that was going on to kind of you know get Kane in like that was kind of taking almost taking precedence over the game and so yeah it was just weird and the, and the players will say the right things and oh no we're professionals we got to do this but you know come on they're humans too and and you know they were affected by that there's, there's no question they weren't affected by that so you know I I'm not going to give him a pass necessarily, but yeah, you're going to have a bad game once in a while. I think, you know, uh, and then, you know, even Boston was a great game. The Ottawa game is, you know, where Kane plays and, you know, they're playing five guys. You know, that's that's kind of where you look at and say, you know, you, you should beat Ottawa. You know, um, and, you know, you're playing second night of a back-to-back. You got five guys on defense. Um, you should, you should, you know, and yeah, and they had 11 forwards too, right? They dressed 12 forwards, but then they lost Tyler Mott in the first yeah. period. So they finished with 11 forwards. So they finished with 11 and five. So you're down two guys and, you know, so, you, you know, at some point you, you can't, you know, there are excuses. And if you allow yourself to make excuses for yourself, it's not going to go well. So there's times when we can acknowledge it, but you know, you don't want to use it as an excuse either. So. Right. Yeah. Good, good teams find ways to win. Right, right, right. So that's why I think that this stretch that they're going on now, and I, you know, Montreal certainly a winnable game. Buffalo, you know, I don't want to say it's a winnable game, but it's a winnable game, really. I mean, if you're if you're the Rangers, you should be better than Buffalo, right? Right. 
Um, Pittsburgh, I don't know what they're doing. So, but they're they're you know it's three games and four nights, but they're all winnable games. So you would you would anticipate that they better win some of these games. You know what I mean? Like they, they better win some. Right. Like you can't take any of the teams for granted. Like Montreal, they may be at the bottom of the standings, but I think Kane said it today. I saw a quote. It, you know they have some some younger guys that are hungry, want to establish themselves in the league. Buffalo too. And they want to, you know, establish themselves as a contender. And then Pittsburgh, you could never count them out, right? If they're healthy, you could, you can't count Pittsburgh out. So you can't take any of these games for granted. But at the same time, it's like the Rangers, they got to come away with it. And they, they, they're fortunate to have created enough separation between them and the next wildcard team, right? Like there's yes. a sizable gap. I think it's the Islanders, but the Rangers yes. still have yes. games in hand on them. Yes. I mean, I, you know, I'm not too worried about – about their positioning and, you know, I mean, whatever struggles they're going through, whatever adversity they're going through at this time, you know, I know they'll be there at the end so long as they're healthy. Right. So that's not really the issue, but you know, you do need to have success and know in your mind that you've had success and, um, and that, you know, what you're trying to do is effective and all that kind of stuff. You need positive reinforcement for your efforts. And I, and, you know, it's like what we were saying with anything. You know, you can see, you know, why they might lose this game or why they might lose that game. And, you know, it's a back-to-back. It's three and four. But at the end of the day, you know, it's three games against three teams that you should beat. You should beat all of them. Yep. Yep. Right? I'm not going to say that they should sweep this three games in four nights. But each, if you look at each team that they're playing – they're better than every one of these teams. And so, you know, they need to to win two games, three, you know, maybe all three. You know, they need yeah. to find a way. They need to find either you're not gonna have the oh, we played with eleven and five, right? Because you're gonna have twelve and six. So, so you're gonna have to let that go as an as an excuse. Yeah, yeah no, but you but you have six because Keandre's back and you know yeah. you'll have Brian Lindgren back at some point too. Um, and you you will either have Tyler Mott or you will have Johnny Brodzinski. So you'll have 12 forwards. So that won't be an issue anymore. Like, you know, we were willing to say, hey, 11 and 5, hey, they did the best they could. But now you're going to be 12 and 6. So you don't have that crutch. So they need to win the games. They just need to win the games to to have that belief. And, and to, to, to have that – and Patrick Kane needs to play well. Because, again, as much as he's accomplished in the league – this is the first time he's been traded, you know, so he's coming into a team with a new, you know, with, with new guys and stuff. You know, it's, it's, we talked to him yesterday and he still calls guys by their last names. Like, you know, that doesn't happen. Normally when you're on a team, you know, it's Mika this and, and it's, you know, Cried's that and it's, you know, Goody and Troach and all these guys, you know what I mean? Like he's still coming in here talking to Benajad. You know, he's still talking about, oh, Miller got kicked out. Like, you know, yeah, you know, it's uh, he's not like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's sort of he's on a new team. Like, it's the first time that he's been traded. Yeah, um, he's got so to get. Yeah, he's got to get to the point where he can call Keandre Key. You know, he can call Goodrow Goody, you know, or Vise. Or, you know, he's got to get to the point where he can use nicknames instead of calling guys by their last names. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's just a, it's a small thing, but it's but it's a it's sort of a you know it's just a clue that he's like not quite feeling like he's part of it yet. He's still sort of an, an outsider on this team. He even said it too. It wasn't going to be like overnight. I think he was referring to the Panarin chemistry again, but I mean it applies here too. I think like the that's a good point you brought up that he's you know referring to people by their by their last names. It's like you know. We're, we've grown accustomed to all these players. You know, they've been – majority of this roster is, is carried over from last year. And for the new additions, like, like Trocek has been here for a while. He already knows the, the group. Like, he's established himself here. And Tarasenko, I, too, has, like, had a few weeks, too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's – it's um, yeah, this guy's still fresh. I mean, like, he got yeah. traded a week ago. So, and he's played two games and he's had two practices. And, 
you know, again, we need to see, you know, we know he's a good player. We know he's a Hall of Fame player. Uh, so that's not really, um, that's not in question. It's not like, you know, you think, oh, man, maybe they made a mistake. No, I don't think that's that's it. But um, the pressure on him is going to grow the longer he goes before he has like a breakout game. You know what I mean? So the sooner you get that breakout game is the sooner you relieve that pressure on yourself uh, and you can just play. Mm-hmm. Last question I have for you before we wrap it up with, with Gallant and these, these five on five line combinations, do you think he's going to be a little bit more patient with these combos? Let him ride out, let it ride out a little bit before he makes any more drastic changes such as the ones he made to the power play. Cause I know the ongoing joke this year is like, he might change the, his, his lines, like, as as often as he changes his underwear or something like that, you know, like, well, I think I think that was with Vince's quote from a while ago. Um, so yes, the the answer, the, the short answer to your question is yes, he's gonna run with these lines. Like he has said to us all along, all season long, like he had in his mind a vision of what the lines should be, right? And he likes the kid line together. So if you start with that kid line as your third line, um, then you know, you, you you know now you were looking for okay, you want you want Mika and Kreider to be together, and so therefore Trocek and Panarin have to be together. And then the question was, who plays on the right side of each of those lines? Well, now you've gone out and you've solved that, right? Because you've gotten these two guys. You've gotten Tarasenko, you've gotten Kane. So now Tarasenko is up with Mika and Kreider, and you've got Kane to play with Trocek and Panarin. And you know Trocek seems to have picked up his game. And he seems to be meshing with Panarin now much better than he did in the first half of the season or, or even two-thirds of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been much better lately. And Tarasenko, who's been here since February 9th, I think, was the day when 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 they made that trade. Um, he does now, in the last two or three games, looks really comfortable with Mika and Kreider. So – I don't see any reason to change any of that. And now if you look at, you know, they went out and the, now when you get those two guys, what that does is it pushes Goudreau down to the fourth line, pushes VC down to the fourth line. VC, as you remember, was a was a, a training camp tryout. And the idea was he was coming in to win a spot on the fourth line and maybe be a penalty killer. And then for most of the season, he was playing in the top nine because somebody needed to, right? And he was, he was able to do that. But now – you know, by getting Tarasenko and getting Kane, VC now has been pushed down to the fourth line and Goudreau has been pushed down to the fourth line. And that gives you a pretty good fourth line. I mean, if your fourth line is VC, Goudreau, and Tyler Mott, it's a decent fourth line. Uh, we know what the kids can do. And then, you know, if Tarasenko, like I said, he, he looks – the last two games looks really good with, with Kreider and Zibanejad. And if that's a good line – you know, there's no reason to change it. And even in, you know, even the fact that Kane hadn't scored a point in the first two games, I think there were times when he, you know, he looked good with Panarin. So I think you're going to keep him with Panarin. Um, I don't see any reason to change any of these lines. I think these are the lines going forward. Barring an injury and somebody comes out, then you may see some shuffling. But I think these are the lines. And then we'll see if the power play is going to be what it was on Tuesday. We'll see if at some point he tries to go back to a power play one, power play two thing. But if you, if you go back to a power play one, power play two, only one of Tarasenko and Kane can play on power play one. So that's, that, you know, that's the, that's the problem there, but the lines, I think the five on five lines are, are, are set for now. All right. And it, it's going to be exciting to see how they, how they gel together. The four days off, I think, I think everybody needed it for for that decor. The Patrick Kane needed it. I heard he was going to look at like uh, places to live in New York. I think, was that you? I, I yeah, no, no. Yeah, that, so yeah, that was something that you know Larry Brooks asked him. You know where he was living, and I guess he was staying in a hotel in the city. Um, but you know he's gonna he's gonna be around for a couple of months anyway. The yeah. season ends, uh, you know, there's more than a month, a month and change, to the se- you know, for the for the end of the regular season. And then playoffs. So, I mean, you know, he might be around for two months. So, you know, he's not going to stay in a hotel for two months. He's going to try and, and get a place. And, and so I, I think, uh, you know, he said, um, you know, he got a chance to walk around the city or I guess go around the city and, and start a, sort of start looking at, potential places he could live for, you know, for two months or more. 
Um, so, you know, I mean, but that's all part of it too. I mean, you know, living in a hotel is fine for a couple of days, but it gets old after a while. So, I mean, if you can find a place where you can live and be comfortable and this is home, even temporary, um, that'll help him too, in terms of a, a mental health thing. Yeah. Well, Colin, thanks so much for doing this with me. Really appreciate it. This is, uh, this is fun. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, thanks. Thanks for uh, bearing with me through all my, uh, my travel misadventures and, uh, you know, you know, I'm, I'm sorry if I talk too much, but you know, no, it is what it is. No, the people, the people love to hear the special guests. They, they, <laughs> love, it. they love it. Yeah. The high school takes listeners. They love it. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, Rangers fans, thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know.